0: Views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Rocco's are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. The following sound advice program was paid for by Eagle Rock Nutrition. The views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of the staff management and advertisers of WMTR. It is always advisable to consult a professional before making a major medical decision. Time now for Eat Right with Laura. Here's Dr. Laura Rocco's.
1: Welcome to Eat Right with Laura. My name is Laura Rocco's, and I am the owner of Eagle Rock Nutrition, an integrative healthcare practice providing dietary and lifestyle intervention strategy for disease prevention and health maintenance. Our show tonight is uh, called Beat Cancer Before It Beats You, a very compelling topic tonight. And one of the reasons why I picked it, uh, not the least of which is because it's a very important topic, But also because it pairs very well with a course that I teach at Rutgers called Nutrogenomics, which is how nutrients affect your genes. And cancer basically is a disease of your genes. And I'm going to explain that to you tonight. So if you have any questions for me tonight or like to share your experience with cancer, please call us at 973 267 WMTR. That's 973 267 9687. So I'm gonna start by um, one of the one of the references that I came across as I delved into the relationship between nutrition and cancer is this book um, that I got on, on a recommendation called Beating Cancer with Nutrition. And it's written by Patrick Quinlan, Q-U-I-L-L-I-N. This is probably not the only textbook, this uh, Beating Cancer with Nutrition. Probably not the only book that's useful, but I personally found it to be very useful. And I'd like to, uh, I can't remember who recommended it to me, but I'd like to thank them for the recommendation because it has served me very well. But since I teach this nutrigenomics class, I have to do a lot of research on genes and cancer, and I'm just going to start by emphasizing just how important cancer is in relationship to diet, 30 30- to 40% of cancers are influenced by your diet. So let me just give you a little laundry list of certain kinds of cancers and the kinds of foods that protect you from these particular kinds of cancers. Well, maybe I also want to say that you really need to understand that cancer is not a single disease it's a large family of different diseases so obviously what you do for one kind of cancer may not necessarily help you in another kind of cancer so if you're perplexed why we have not found a cure for cancer well that's not really a relevant question because you know Cancers are very different beasts. A cancer of the colon is totally different from a cancer of the breast, which is completely different from a blood cell kind of cancer. So we know already, though, a lot about diet and cancer. So, for example, we know that consumption of fiber, if you're taking notes, I'll speak slowly. Aunt Dorothy, are you taking notes? Um, fiber garlic, um, and dairy products that contain calcium. These things can protect you from colon and rectal cancer. Consumption of non-starchy vegetables, uh, so fruits, uh, beta carotene, so eating carrots or right? anything that's orange, right, and vitamin C protects you from cancers of the esophagus and when i say non-starchy vegetables that's basically anything except you know beets carrots potatoes butternut squash turnips and parsnips those are the starchy vegetables so not those all right those come in handy in other regards but not those, although the sweet potato with the beta carotene probably would p- protect you from esophageal cancer. All right, uh, fruit and foods that contain carotenoids, so caro- anything orangey, you know, those carrots, eat your carrots, um, seem to reduce the risk of lung cancer. They also appear to reduce the risk of cancers of the mouth. and um, as you... Enter the mouth. That organ that, as you enter the mouth, is called the pharynx and the larynx. So, uh, carotenoid-containing vegetables like carrots, also sweet potatoes and cantaloupe, uh, protect you from those kinds of cancers. Um, any foods that contain folate. So, we're going to have a very detailed co- conversation about folate. Protect you from pancreatic cancer, and that's important and that's an important cancer because pancreatic cancer is so devastating and so quick. It progresses, it metastasizes quickly. So that's definitely one that you want to do everything in your power to reduce your risk of. Foods containing lycopene, like tomatoes, and selenium, like Brazil nuts, protect you from prostate cancer. And again, those non-starchy vegetables uh, and also alien vegetables like onions. So non-starchy vegetables, onions, and also fruit protect you from stomach cancer. So notice how many times I said the word fruit and protecting you from cancer so don't let any doctor tell you that that you're eating too much fruit will increase your blood sugar all right no one ever got cancer or diabetes from eating too much fruit all right so that's just like a high level overview of what we're going to talk about all right so how really how are these foods so protective well in order to understand how they're protective, you un- need to understand, you know, what, what are the things that lead to cancer, all right? So cancer happens when your DNA is damaged, all right? What are the things that damage your DNA, Things called free radicals, all right, which I've spoken about many times, all right? So free radicals, you know, which is such an angry-sounding word. You just know that it's bad, all right? You get free radical damage uh, from UV light, from too much sun, right, from pollution, so not breathing good air, clean air, um, stress, right, chronic stress, uh, and poor nutrition, Right? So when you're just not eating the right foods, you will be more prone to cancer. All right? And so... What happens with these free radicals? Like, what are they doing that's so bad to your DNA? Well, the activity of these free radicals are going to turn on these really bad genes called onco genes. So onco means cancer, onco genes that promote the growth of tumors. And they turn off, they, they, they affect the good genes. They turn off the good genes that are called Tumor suppressor genes, all right? And you need to know, uh, so maybe this will make you feel better, that... All cancers must have these two events. You need to turn on a bad gene, turn on an oncogene, and turn off the tumor suppressor gene. You need, both of these things need to happen, all right, before you get a cancer. So that's good. That's good to know because, you know, that kind of raises the bar, makes it a little bit harder. and. Maybe this will also make you feel better, that you have all kinds of tools, you know, in your body that will neutralize the effect of free radicals. And also, even if you sustain DNA damage, you are equipped, you are biologically equipped to repair that DNA damage. It's just that it doesn't work perfectly for everyone, right? So there are three routes that, you know that will facilitate this turning on of the oncogene and turning off the tumor suppressor protein, all right? So the things that increase the risk of these two events happening is, one, that you carry a mutation, right, that impacts the way you are able to neutralize free radicals, all right? So uh, a mutation that might... You know, you may have a very healthy diet and eat all these good things that I just mentioned, but you may carry a mutation that impacts the way those good things um, protect you from cancer. Or, you don't have any mutations per se, but you have a terrible diet, and when you don't have a healthy diet that we're gonna talk about, what happens is, uh, you're not going to turn on the good genes that protect your health. Alright? So you need to have nutrients that do good things for you, and without those nutrients, they're not going, you're not going to be protected. Uh, And finally, the third route to turning on this cancer is that you just happen to have a diet and lifestyle. So a diet and lifestyle combination that exposes you to chemicals, chemicals that alter the way your genes are expressed. So there are chemical changes that your genes undergo that will impair The way they're expressed, whether they if they need to be if they should be turned on for good health, they might be turned off or if they're supposed to be genes that are supposed to be turned off, they might be turned on. And you'd be surprised just how important nutrients are to this process. All right, so now I'm going to, you know, describe another laundry list of risk factors. So I talked about, you know, um, food co- compounds that protect you from cancer. All right, so now I'm going to talk about risk factors or food compounds that are that raise your risk of cancer. So the first thing is red meat. All right, diets that are high in red meat or processed and cured meats uh, can increase your risk of colon cancer. So somebody yesterday at one of my lectures asked me about uh, cured meats, you know, hot dogs and things like that and why they're so bad. All right, so in order for these meats to be cured, meaning that they're treated in such a way that they last a long time, right, uh, we use nitrates, you know, to make these cured meats. And these nitrates can form Carcinogenic compounds, carcinogens, and what are carcinogens? They are compounds that cause cancer. So you definitely want to reduce your consumption of red meat and possibly eliminate cured meats from your diet entirely. And I'm going to share a little anecdote with you about this relationship between nitrates and cancer. So, um, my uncle Myron was a butcher, all right, and he his claim to fame is that he made Kilbasi, which is cured pork all right it's a sausage made of pork, and you know he. Loved talking about nitrates. You couldn't have k- good kibasi without the nitrates. And like when he, I would watch him make the sausage. I used to watch him make it. All right. So he had like this ginormous vat that he'd put the pork butt in, right? And he would like throw all the nitrates and the garlic and all the other herbs that he put in the in the kibasi and just mix it all with his hands, no gloves, just his hands, right? Um, not um. If if, if it was smoked, if you put the smoking solution, he had to wear gloves. But when he was mixing it, he just used his hands. Now, Uncle Myron was a really, he was a real stand-up guy. He was a pillar of the community, great guy. And his other claim to fame was that he was actually an excellent runner. He held a world record for many, many years. You know, his store was in Jersey City. He was an icon, a celebrity, a pillar of the community in Jersey City, um, for you know, for his running prowess and also for his business acumen, because his butcher shop was really renowned all throughout the country. People traveled all over the country to come to New Jersey to buy his kibbasi. But because he was a runner, you know, and a good runner, he taught me how to run. And he got me to run marathons with him. Uh, I used to run races with him all the time and was amazed at how fast of a runner he was at, you know, know, uh, late middle age. You know, late middle age. And he was still running six-minute miles, which I thought was extraordinary. And I think that the rest of the family never even knew that. I was the one that was with him at the races just marveling at his speed at you know you know he seemed like you know old to me at the time because i was a teenager but in retrospect you know he wasn't that old but you know later middle age so you know he lived a long time he lived you know well into his 80s but he ended up you know getting cancer and you know at the wake you know our my family were so perplexed like how could he possibly get cancer uh, he was such a good runner he ran for his, almost his entire life my aunt anna was an excellent cook like not you know sometimes she made the kibasi, but she is to this day a wonderful wonderful cook and cooked some all homemade things really great things he had such a good diet how could he have gotten cancer and you know my friend my running friend sandy and i were like well how could anybody be perplexed With all those nitrates, it's no wonder he didn't get cancer sooner. So he did a lot of good things to protect him from that cancer. But 50 years of mixing, you know, pork butt and nitrates, you know, it's eventually going to get the best of your DNA, right? Now, the next thing that raises your risk, risk for getting cancer is not having enough of a B vitamin called folate. Now, we normally we equate folate deficiency with spinal cord defects in babies, but that's really not the only thing that you're at risk for when you have a folate deficiency, all right? So uh, I will give you more details around how important folate is in regulating gene expression a little later on, but I do want you to know that it's really easy to get folate in your diet. All you really need to do is eat real food and that's my motto eat real food when you're eating processed foods you know cakes cookies sugary foods you know processed foods anything in a package not getting that much folate unless it says fortified with folate but if you're eating real food real fruits vegetables whole grains uh, even meats you know healthy meats unadulterated meats you're gonna get plenty of folate all right the third vitamin that you need the third thing that you need to have in your diet to protect you from cancer is vitamin d that's the sunshine vitamin you get d3 from the sun we now know not only is vitamin d3 critical for bones it helps you to build your bones by acting as a hormone so that you absorb calcium into your bones it's also critical for a healthy immune system and protects you against cancers a one that we know of is colon cancer All right, something else that increases your risk factor for cancer is high levels of iron. And I do have several patients who tend to present with high levels of iron. Iron is an oxidant and it can damage your DNA. So, in order to protect you, you need to have lots of antioxidants from fruits and vegetables in your diet to reverse the possible damage caused by these high levels of iron. And even um, yesterday, uh, I was giving a lecture. Was that today? I can't even keep track of my days. I gave a lecture this week, and someone did approach me uh, to discuss their concern about their high levels of iron, right? So remember that. You don't want to have high which is rare, but get your iron levels checked, all right? Um, So... You know, and just remember that you can reverse that damage from the iron just by having lots of antioxidants from fruits and vegetables. The other thing that you need to have in your diet is fiber. Can't say enough good things about fiber. We know that fiber reduces the risk of colon cancer. All right, So fiber helps you to have a healthy bowel function. And the less time carcinogens from your diet spend in your digestive tract... To lower your risk of cancer. All right. All right. Now I'm going to move on to, you know, fats, the kinds of fats in, in your diet. All right. You want to reduce your consumption of saturated fat found in meats like, you know, even chicken, you know, um, but, you know, certainly in red meat and all kinds of meats very high in saturated fat, reduce your intake of saturated fat and increase your intake of unsaturated fat from omega-3 fatty acids which are found in fish. So eat more fish, eat less, you know, meat. (laughs) All right? Third thing that increases your risk of cancer or the next thing that increases the risk of cancer are just overconsumption of calories. All right? Too many calories higher risk of cancer, reducing your caloric intake seems to prevent cancer. So, uh, where do I stand on this? Where do I stand on calorie restriction? Um, I would rather see intermittent fasting, like not eating at night, rather than, uh, you know, a significant reduction in overall calorie intake. We have seen in rodents, uh, and other animal species, that when we pull back on calories, when we reduce total number of calories, we see a reduced incidence of cancer. Does this translate to people? I would say that the jury is still out. It really depends on the kinds of calories that you're eating. And I think the more calories from whole foods, the less the lower your risk for cancer will be. Alright, the next thing is obesity. You know, when you're overweight, when you have a lot of adipose tissue, fat tissue, you know, fat, fatty tissue secretes lots of chemicals that can increase your risk for colon cancer, breast cancer, endometrial cancer, pancreatic cancer, kidney cancer, esophageal cancer. So certainly, you know, you'll be at risk for increased metabolic metabolic disease, cardiovascular disease, atherosclerosis, diabetes when you're obese, but you will also be at increased risk for cancer you can reduce that risk through physical activity. For now, if you are a sedentary person, any kind of physical activity will do. But, you know, if you're able-bodied, you come see me at Eagle Rock Nutrition, and I will give you... A fitness plan that will be right for you physical activity we know reduces the risk of colon cancer and breast cancer and probably other cancers as well and finally one thing that increases your risk of cancer is alcohol consumption i have to throw that in there all right it is acceptable to drink one glass of red wine if you're a woman t- per day, two glasses if you're a male per day, right? But I would really need to do a full health history on you to see if there are instances where you really shouldn't be drinking any alcohol at all. But if you don't drink alcohol, then don't start, despite the... Uh, the, the possible minor benefit that drinking red wine can afford to you all right so if you would like to learn more about uh you know this whole business of uh, nutrition and um cancer one of my other um references that i have used uh, to educate myself, is a documentary called Forks Over Knives. So every now and then at Eagle Rock Nutrition, we'll have movie night and we'll watch a movie. So one of the movies that I hosted was this Forks Over Knives, which was produced by a nutritionist, Dr. T. Colin Campbell. And he described this China study, which basically showed that as communities convert from a plant-based diet to an animal-based diet. As you increase your consumption of animal protein, you will see an increase in the incidence of cancer. And what was disturbing to me is that the study showed that this even happens in children. So even children who convert from a plant-based diet, exclusively plant-based, to uh, introducing animal protein will increase the risk of cancer even in children. And then when we revert back, right, going back from a diet, a mixed diet with animal protein to a more plant-based diet, we see a decrease in the incidence of cancer. All right, so I thought this was a very provocative finding from this cancer study, from this China study. So I encourage you to watch this documentary on forks over knives. And if you watch it to the end, um, Dr. Campbell will even explain to you what precisely, chemically, is happening that causes this increased risk of cancer. All right, so... Um, I would like to, before we go to the break, I want to talk about folate, all right, just to set myself up for this next part of the show. All right, folate is a B vitamin, all right, that helps to build neurons, right, in your brain, your stomach, uh, and red blood cells. It is a, a vitamin that strategically turns genes off. How does it do this? Well, when you consume folate, the folate becomes chemically modified with something called a methyl group. It becomes methylated. All right. So then you have this methyl folate, which then brings this methyl group to your genes, methylates certain genes and turns them off. All right. And these genes are rather important. All right, they could be, it could be an oncogene, right? Lots of genes, but could be an oncogene that, of course, you want to be turned off. So when you're not consuming enough folate, you will not have this strategic benefit. So where can you get folate? In so many good foods you can get it in legumes like lentils and pinto beans you can get it in green vegetables like asparagus and spinach uh, you can get it in my favorite superfoods avocados and beets we now know that folate is so critical that we are even enriching it in cereals so certain cereals have folate added to it so really It's so hard to not get folate in your diet. You'd have to be malnourished. This does happen in expectant mothers, you know, when you get really nauseous and you're just not eating, right? So that's like a real risk factor for a lot of these problems that we have. Um, so if, and, and even if you don't incur at birth a folate deficiency, um, with your your spinal cord you know a folate deficiency will set you up for you know problems such as cancer later on in life so this whole business with the methylation of your dna that is a topic that we call epigenetics epigenetics is the way your diet and your lifestyle chemically modifies your dna and the reason why it's an important topic these days, it's part of that nutrigenomics course that I teach, is because your epigenome, the way your genes are chemically modified, is hereditary. So if the, if the mom is, has a folate deficiency, she will pass that on to the daughter who can pass that on to the granddaughter if you don't modify your diet correctly right so another manifestation of like a folate deficiency um, that I see in my patients is you know obesity like morbid obesity in children if I get a you know a very overweight five-year-old the first thing I suspect is a folate deficiency so with that I'm going to take a break now and when we come back we'll finish this topic beat cancer before it beats you I just want to remind you all think out a question if you have a story you'd like to share or a question for me the call-in number is 973-267-WMTR 973-267-9687 mk take it away
2: Paleo, gluten-free, ketogenic, eating for your blood type, and the list goes on and on. There are millions of fad diets out there, but what really works? Did you ever consider consulting an actual doctor? That's why you need Dr. L, Dr. Laura Rocos at Eagle Rock Nutrition is a food scientist with over 30 years of experience helping people improve their health. Eagle Rock Nutrition is a healthcare practice providing dietary and lifestyle guidance for disease prevention and health maintenance. She will help you use diet and exercise to improve your overall health and fight disease. Conditions that may be addressed include diabetes, heart disease, obesity, autoimmune diseases, poor gut health, and fertility. Dr. L also has a very popular sports nutrition program. Get started today. Book an appointment at eaglerock.com. That's E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K dot com. Or call 908-764-9062. 908-764-9062. Let Dr. L develop a personalized health plan that's right for you. Eat right with Laura. Most services are covered by Medicare, Medicaid, and private health insurance.
3: The Entrepreneurial Think Tank for Women, or ETT Women, is a support network to help female entrepreneurs grow their business. Founders Vanessa Koppis and Lynette Barbieri share their vision of mentoring women to achieve their personal and business goals. Members attend live for virtual meetings, as well as their annual conference, The Power of Connections, scheduled for November 3rd to the 5th at the Holiday Inn in Clark, New Jersey. For more information, please visit ettwomen.com. That's ettwomen.com. Amy Grossman is a member of ETT Women and an independent associate with ASEA Cellular Health. All health begins at the cellular level. As we age and deal with illness, stress, and environmental toxins, our cells start to break down. ASEA liquid supplement contains cellular messengers that help protect, rejuvenate, and keep cells functioning at their optimal level. In a study done by an independent genetics lab, ASEA was shown to turn on specific genetic pathways that improve immune system health, modulate hormone balance, improve gut health, and help maintain cardiovascular health and arterial elasticity. To learn how to improve and protect your health, call Amy at 732-876-3163.
0: For over 65 years, Classic Oldies WMTR has been serving the community right here in New Jersey. That's why each week we have WMTR's Rock and Ruff, where we try and find homes for New Jersey's homeless animals. This week, Abby from Mount Pleasant Animal Shelter in East Hanover brought Charlotte. Tell us about Charlotte. Charlotte is the chillest dog you will ever meet. She is just wants to spend her time on the couch with you or laying on a sun porch and soaking up the rays. She's happy to go on adventures, but she's more likely to just be there by your side while you're reading a good book or watching your favorite show. For me, that's the perfect kind of dog. If you'd like to see Charlotte interacting with the WMTR staff, log on to WMTRAM.com, click on the Rockin' Rough link, and then there's a video right there. It's WMTR's Rock and Rock from your animal-loving friends at Classic Oldies WMTR. Broadcasting live from the Hilltop Nissan Studios, Classic Oldies WMTR Morristown, a Beasley Media Group station.
1: Welcome back to Eat Right with Laura. This is Laura Rocco's and you are listening to part of the Sound Advice series on WMTR. And tonight's show is on the relationship between diet and cancer and I am just going uh just walking you through all the kinds of foods that you need to be eating in your diet and other lifestyle uh changes that you can make to reduce your risk uh, i see we have a call so we're going to take this caller and see what he has to say welcome to e-ray with laura
4: hi uh dr lord uh john from livingston uh it, it, there's two parts this is kind of a two-part question one unfortunately and this is just what we we can't help this but all of these great suggestions and foods and stuff to try to prevent cancer, unfortunately, there's, there's no guarantee you can eat it all and still get cancer. It's like the guy who's a heavy drinker and doesn't get liver disease, unfortunately. But you still have to, you know, try to do thing. My question was, is tell me the effects on pomegranate juice, which I like a lot, or to eat one every day, does that help in... In, in trying to prevent cancer, but that hurt in other
1: ways? Part of a healthy diet, but it depends on if there's sugar. So I'm going to talk about sugar and how sugar promotes the growth of cancer. So you definitely want anything that's not, you know, that doesn't have added sugar. But pomegranates in and of themselves are quite protective. And that anecdote that I shared about my uncle, I mean, with all those nitrates, uh, you know, he was destined to get cancer, but you know what? He had so many other dietary and lifestyle changes, you know, modifications that he probably lived much longer than he would have otherwise. So we're talking about reducing the risk. We're not pra- talking about right. curing you or right. preventing you from getting the disease. So what's the other part of your question? Oh,
4: that was, that was it basically. So I was giving the comparison of, I know a guy who's a an older man who's incredibly, I guess you could say alcoholic or a heavy drinker. And his liver
1: is perfect. <laughs> well, you know what? That, that will eventually come back to bite him, I promise you. And I am going to well, talk about li- liver cancer, too. So, anyway, so
3: I <laughs> He probably just has, He makes
1: a lot of alcohol dehydrogenase. So he has some other genes that are protective. So that's part of that nutrigenomics class that I teach. So uh, maybe actually I actually do actually have a show later on. Late, maybe like think sometime in December I'm going to be talking about nutrigenomics and things that protect you from cancer. So call in then, John. Okay.
4: I, I will. And uh, so I'll just keep either drinking or eating <laughs>
1: pomegranates in There'll moderation. All right. Thanks. All right, so I already told you how important vitamin D3 is. You get that from the sun, but there are some dietary sources of D3, um, mushrooms, which I'm all about mushrooms, and also fish. So don't forget the fish swim in the ocean, and the sun shines down on them. So just like you, the sun shines on your skin, and you convert a cholesterol-like intermediate to vitamin D3. The same thing happens with the fish, and then you eat the fish, and that's how you get D3. and uh, you know, we are now seeing more and more studies that show that adequate consumption of vitamin D3 and make it and having your levels tested. So at your physical, you should make sure your 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 primary care physician is testing your D3 levels. Uh, we now know that there's a certain blood level of vitamin D3 that you need to have to reduce your risk of colorectal cancer. All right. Um And here's a, here's a, here's a little, uh, factoid that I love sharing. So I'm moving on from vitamin D3. There's this clinical trial, a clinical study in people called the EPIC study that showed that, so this is a European study, uh, to investigate cancer. So these are cancer patients who are poised to have chemotherapy. And the study showed that The patients that ate fruits and vegetables, particularly an apple, the patients that ate an apple every day prior to their chemotherapy had much better outcomes than the patients that did not. And they were able to extrapolate from the data that if we all ate an apple every day, we could reduce the incidence of cancer by 36,000 cases annually in the U.S., and by more than 300,000 cases worldwide just by eating an apple every day. The other thing that that apple is going to do for you is uh, probably it is one of my favorite sources of fiber, all right? And when you're eating the fiber, like I said earlier, right, when you're eating fiber, all right, it's going to reduce your risk of... Cancers of the of the gastrointestinal tract, because carcinogens are not going to spend as much time in your colon right when you have a healthy bowel function, you go to the bathroom at least once a day. this is going to reduce your risk of cancer now, I recently read that some somewhere that they said it was even if you don 't go to the bathroom. This is number two on every day. If you just go regularly, like three times a week, if you just go regularly, that's okay. All right. I would beg to differ. All right. I actually think that you should make make your level best to go at least once a day because you certainly, you know, in this. Part of the world, you certainly don't want any carcinogens s- sitting in your digestive tract any longer than need be. All right. So there are a whole bunch of other ways uh, that fiber prevents you from uh, reducing your risk of cancer. But I want to get on to some of the other more interesting topics. So uh, the caller, John, he just mentioned he was talking about liver cancer and how he has a friend that drinks a lot of alcohol. Yet his liver is fine. All right. he That's just, you know, lucky for him. All right. But there is one Nutrient that we know of that can reduce your risk of liver cancer. He brought up liver cancer, so I'm bringing up liver cancer. And that is, and that nutrient is choline all right where do you find choline you get choline from eggs i think there's a decent amount in like chicken too but choline seems to reduce the risk of liver cancer we find that animals that are deficient in choline have a higher risk for liver cancer all right and again this goes back to um, methylation of the dna diets low in choline you know seem to have fewer methyl groups on the DNA and this can result in a spontaneous, uh, cancer of the liver so choline very very important if you come to eagle rock nutrition something that i do for all of my patients i do a nutrient density assessment where i take a three a diary a three-day diary diet diary and i quantify all of the nutrients like All of them, macronutrients, micronutrients, to see what they're missing on a regular basis. So you could be low on something one day, but just so long as you make up for it the next day, you'll be okay. All right, so that's choline. All right, I'm always talking to my patients about what I think are superfoods. So one of my favorite superfoods, uh, anything in the cruciferous vegetable category, but that would be, Broccoli I love broccoli. It's great great superfood. But if you don't like broccoli maybe you might like cauliflower better brussels sprouts not everybody likes brussels sprouts but i'll give you a recipe that's slamming and you'll really like it so these cruciferous vegetables they make something called they they induce the production of something called sulforaphane all right which is an antioxidant that has many of these nice positive changes to your dna many epigenetic changes chemical modifications not just methylation but sulforaphane promotes many positive chemical modifications so that your dna is nice and healthy so eat your cruciferous vegetables i have a lot to say about that but i want to get to all of my topics all right also um herbs so Herbs are really, uh, in the United States anyway, an underappreciated food category. You know, we're not accustomed to cooking with herbs. So uh, I I highly recommend that most of my patients utilize one of the cookbooks in my office that shows them how to cook meals with herbs. But one herb that intrigues me in particular is curcumin. All right, curcumin Protects your DNA in so many ways. Uh, we have, there are, Really interesting animal studies that show that taking curcumin as an oral supplement can reduce the risk of oral cancers, cancers of the stomach, liver, and colon. Um, It has many ways that it reduces your risk of cancer. Um, This is not a science class, so I'm not going to go through all those mechanisms, but if you take my nutrigenomics class, you'll learn all about the ways that curcumin protects your DNA. All right, now I'm going to move on to um, a broad, broad category of foods that you really need to work harder to get into your diet. All right, although some you need to work harder, others not so much. All right, and these are flavonoids. Now, there's one flavonoid that I'm sure most people get in their diet, and that's chocolate. You know, chocolate comes from plants, and therefore it's good you. good for you. But it really should be... You know, pure cocoa, you know, not not sweetened sh- cocoa. It should be unsweetened cocoa. Also, in this category are green and black teas. Uh, some of my favorite fruits like cherries and strawberries, the all important apple, um Flavonoids are also found in some really important herbs, like parsley. Parsley is a superfood. Uh, I learned a lot about parsley at uh, an integrative healthcare conference um, found in other things like um, onions, um, green leafy vegetables like kale, also found in leeks, uh, beans, so lots of love beans you know. If you come to see me, I'll show you all these different ways to incorporate beans into your diet. I really like to have, I really like my patients to have at least one or two serving, for servings of beans, legumes every day. So you really want to get flavonoids into your diet really reduce the risk of many, many cancers, so many interesting mechanisms, but will reduce the risk of rectal cancer, um, cancers of the lung. Um, there are some other things that these kinds of fruits and vegetables have have in it. So just work harder. It's just such an underappreciated um, food category. Um, there is a well-regarded um, professor at NYU, Marion Nestle, And interestingly enough, a friend of mine met her, I think on a train, on the train, right? And she's pretty renowned for being such a vocal advocate for nutrition and consumption of fruits and vegetables. And she told my friend that if we could just get everyone to eat more vegetables, even one serving a day, although i really like you to eat eight to 13 servings, just one more a day, what a positive impact that could have on human health. Alright. right. Uh, Now, uh, I could not let this topic pass, you know, end. I could not let this cancer topic end without talking about soybeans. All right. So let's talk about soy. All right. Soybeans are a legume. You might recognize them in foods such as tofu and uh, edamame. Edamame is a baby soybean. So because it's a baby soybean, it should theoretically be easier to digest. So good for you. Um, Also something called tempeh. Tempeh is fermented soybeans. Tofu is curdled soy milk. Um, Maybe you drink soy milk. All right. So a lot of people have a love-hate relationship with soybeans, but soybeans, just like any other legume, are very high in protein and high in fiber and high in just generally high in phytochemicals. Plant compounds that protect plants from disease. You eat the plants and they protect you from disease. All right. But one of the chemicals, one of the many wonderful chemicals in soybeans is called genistein. Genistein is what we call a phytoestrogen. Right. And because it's chemically similar to estrogen, Theoretically, it can promote the growth of breast cancers that are promoted, whose growth is perpetuated by estrogen. There is a study in test tubes, so not in people, a study in a test tube that shows that genistein as a phytoestrogen increases the growth of these. Breast cancer cells called MCF7 cells at low concentrations, but inhibits their growth at high concentrations. And because this study is published, it's in the public domain, it cannot be ignored. All right. This has led lots of people to think that soybeans can increase the growth of breast cancer. And I will tell you that when we actually do studies in people, we see that the data actually show a reduced incidence of breast cancer, reduced risk of death from breast cancer, and reduced recurrence from breast cancer in communities that have high soy consumption. I will admit, though, because I am a practitioner, I am liable. I am liable, so if my patient is a breast cancer survivor or a breast cancer patient, I will eliminate soy from the diet. But this is what I want to tell you, my listeners. All right. So don't eat the soybeans. Don't eat the tofu. Don't eat, drink the soy milk. All right? But what are you going to eat instead? Or what are you going to drink instead? You will likely eat something else or drink something else that probably has more estrogenic properties than the soybeans itself. So rather than eating something that's as nutrient-dense as a soybean, right, Rather than doing that, you'll eat something else that's probably worse. Alright? That said, I guess I've said this before, that some people are bona fidely allergic to soy and of course in those cases if you are allergic to soybeans definitely don't eat them. Read you will have to read food labels because we do put soy protein isolate and soy lecithin, and lots of processed foods. And I don't want you eating processed foods anyway, but if you have them in your pantry or your cupboard, read the label so that you can truly avoid the soy that you may be allergic to. But if you're not allergic to soy, then... You don't really need to be that afraid of soy, and if you are, come to the office, book an appointment at Eagle Rock Nutrition, and we will research this together. And I can assess, I can assess your uh, concern and your risk. All right, so that's what I want to say about soy. I also want to talk about some of the other. So we talked about folate, which is a B vitamin. I do just want to quickly mention that there are lots of B vitamins. Some of the other B vitamins are riboflavin, niacin, um, niacin and thiamine. Uh, you're probably getting plenty of these B vitamins. Um, uh, from all of my nutrient density assessments, I have never had a patient who was low in any of these other B vitamins. And that is because not only are they found readily in whole foods, foods that are good for you, because we know how important they are to human health, we add them to processed foods. So any cereals, any flour have plenty of those other B vitamins, but very critical to that epigenome, very critical uh, for DNA synthesis, uh, the stability and integrity of your DNA, uh, very important in promoting cell division and making sure that your cells are, are dying. Your cells are programmed to die at a certain time, so these B vitamins makes sure that that happens. All right. Um, I also want to talk about healthy fat. So not only healthy fats from omega-3 fatty acids found in fish that are very anti-inflammatory, I want to talk about these other kinds of fats called phytosterols. All right. Phytosterols are like a cholesterol, right? cholesterol is a sterol phytosterols are cholesterol-like compounds found in oils oils from wheat germ rice bran corn corn oil canola oil canola oil right look for No non-genetically modified forms of canola oil. Right? Canola in the United States is one of the four uh, genetically modified crops, but canola oil, you know, preferably non-genetically modified, is very high high est in phytosterols. So, so good to get into your diet. Uh, phytosterols also found in seeds like sesame seeds and sunflower seeds found in nuts like pistachios pine nuts almonds found in whole grains not processed grains whole grains all right and also um, in some soy flour so these phytosterols may inhibit the growth of breast and prostate cancer so just so if you can't remember all of that, you know, I encourage cooking with organic canola oil, okay? So just remember, canola oil is actually good for you. And in some of my other shows, I describe how canola oil can help to reduce cholesterol levels. All right, now um, back to Jonathan's comment about the alcohol. I'm going to talk about uh, red wine and one of the anti Antioxidants in red wine is that resveratrol. I'm sure most of you have read about resveratrol by now. All right, resveratrol turns on antioxidant genes to inhibit the proliferation of a wide variety of cancers. Breast cancer, prostate cancer, stomach cancer, colon cancer, pancreatic cancer, thyroid cancer. All right, you get resveratrol from red wine. But you don't necessarily need to just drink alcohol to get the resveratrol. You can take it as a supplement. Lots of studies ongoing in the pharmaceutical industry looking at resveratrol analogs and how they can be used to protect you from cancer and a wide variety of other diseases as well. Uh, I also want to talk about, well, since we're talking about things you drink, right, I want to talk about tea. Tea has a huge role in reducing your risk of cancer. Consumption of tea can, um, combat that free radical damage, alright, and helps to control that, that, that apoptosis that the, your cells should be you know your cells need to die at certain times the tea helps with that so now I'm just going to mention my aunt Dorothy who is a consummate tea drinker she drinks tea every day 92 years old still drinking still sharp as a tack and I've always contended that even though she doesn't have the healthiest diet she drinks tea every day and I think some of that health benefit is because of the tea. Alright. Um, we know that tea consumption um, in animal models of cancer appears to reduce the risk of skin cancer, lung cancer, cancers of the mouth, esophagus, stomach cancer, colon cancer, pancreas and and prostate. Alright? So uh, the Last thing that I want to talk about is sugar because it's so important to understand that I really want you to reduce your consumption of added sugar. I don't mean sugars that are found naturally in fruits. I mean sugars that you add to your foods. We really need to learn to not eat so many sweet things. We need to reset our palates. I promise you that if you give up sugar for three days in a row on that fourth day, you wouldn't even remember why you like sugar so much. Sugar feeds cancer. And just to illustrate my point, when you get a PET scan, a P-E-T, a PET scan, right, to look for cancer in your body. What do we use? What is the tracer that we use to look for cancer? We use a fluorescently tagged version of sugar because the cancer cells have a greater affinity for the sugar than normal cells. So some people will contend that just before they were diagnosed diagnosed with their cancer they had an insatiable appetite for sugar so mk tells me that i have to end the show here all right so i will just summarize everything that i said all right if you want to reduce your incidence of cancer reduce consumption of red and processed meats increase fiber increase folate and other b vitamins increase vitamin d3 eat your eggs get your choline eliminate added sugar. Eat more fruits and vegetables, particularly cruciferous vegetables. Broccoli every day. Get some phytosterols from canola oil. Eat more herbs. I'm not an herbalist, but I know for sure that I want you to have uh, curcumin. Uh, Don't be so afraid afraid of soy. Come to the office. We'll talk about it. Drink tea every day. Get some resveratrol and exercise, exercise, exercise. Maybe I didn't talk enough about that topic tonight, but exercise Exercise will reduce your risk of cancer. So I hope you tune in next week. I will not be here. The show was pre-recorded. The topic is health and wellness for aging gracefully. I want you to know that that topic is so well received. I gave that lecture a few weeks ago uh, to the senior center in in the town where I live in Union and they called me back and they said you have to come back again and give that talk again. We loved it. So that's what I did yesterday. So uh, have a good night everybody tune in next week for Eat Right with Laura have a good night
2: Paleo, gluten-free, ketogenic, eating for your blood type, and the list goes on and on. There are millions of fad diets out there, but what really works? Did you ever consider consulting an actual doctor? That's why you need Dr. L, Dr. Laura Rocos at Eagle Rock Nutrition is a food scientist with over 30 years of experience helping people improve their health. Eagle Rock Nutrition is a healthcare practice providing dietary and lifestyle guidance for disease prevention and health maintenance. She will help you use diet and exercise to improve your overall health and fight disease. Conditions that may be addressed include diabetes, heart disease, obesity, autoimmune diseases, poor gut health, and fertility. Dr. L also has a very popular sports nutrition program. Get started today. Book an appointment at EagleRock.com. That's E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K dot com. Or call 908-764-9062. 908-764-9062. Let Dr. L develop a personalized health plan that's right for you. Eat right with Laura. Most services are covered by Medicare, Medicaid, and private Health insurance.
3: The Entrepreneurial Think Tank for Women, or ETT Women, is a support network to help female entrepreneurs grow their business. Founders Vanessa Coppis and Lynette Barbieri share their vision of mentoring women to achieve their personal and business goals. Members attend live for virtual meetings as well as their annual conference. The Power of Connections, scheduled for November 3rd to the 5th at the Holiday Inn in Clark, New Jersey. For more information, please visit ETTWomen.com. That's ETTWomen.com. Amy Grossman is a member of ETT Women and an independent associate with asea cellular health all health begins at the cellular level as we age and deal with illness stress and environmental toxins our cells start to break down asea liquid supplement contains cellular messengers that help protect rejuvenate and keep cells functioning at their optimal level in a study done by an independent genetics lab, ASEA was shown to turn on specific genetic pathways that improve immune system health, modulate hormone balance, improve gut health, and help maintain cardiovascular health and arterial elasticity. To learn how to improve and protect your health, call Amy at 732-876-3163. This Saturday
0: at 11 a.m. on WMTR, catch All Access with State Theater New Jersey, the new radio show that brings you the best arts and entertainment news from Central Jersey. Hear artist interviews, updates on what's new and exciting in arts and live entertainment, and hear about upcoming events that you just can't miss. It's All Access with State Theater New Jersey, Saturdays at 11 a.m. on Classic Oldies WMTR. The views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Rocco's are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. The preceding sound advice program was paid for by Eagle Rock Nutrition. The views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of the staff management and advertisers of WMTR. It is always advisable to consult a professional before making a major medical decision.